0: Amen. Today we're continuing our church-wide Bible study in the book of Nehemiah chapter 12. We only have one more chapter in this book. It's been really uh, rich, very challenging. Continue to read the book, if you would, while we uh, come to a strong conclusion and then really excited about what's ahead. But I want us to take a look very specifically to, uh, to what's being revealed in this particular chapter. So we understand that overall what's happened, the city was in ruins. God used Nehemiah to mobilize God's people to rebuild the walls and to restore the work of God in the earth as a result. People began to gather to worship when they couldn't worship and gather before. They now could gather and worship. The reading of the word, the declaration of celebration in God's presence. They were awakened to the purposes of God. Revival broke out. They were alive. And what we see in this chapter, chapter 12, is what I'm going to call consecration celebration. They're now going to consecrate the work that they've given themselves to before the Lord... And they're going to celebrate in such a way that all the people around them will know of their joy and their celebration. Nehemiah chapter 12, 26 verses of names of those that are participating. And then verse 27, and at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites in all their places. To bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate the dedication with gladness, with thanksgivings, with singing, with cymbals, harps, and lyres. That's what we've done this morning. This gathering of worship is the biblical expression. It's why it's so important. And we read in the New Testament, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. It's important that we gather like this. Verse 31. Then I brought the leaders of Judah up to the wall and appointed two great choirs and gave thanks. And they offered great sacrifices and that day. Uh, I'm sorry. And they offered great sacrifices that day and rejoiced. For God had made them rejoice with great joy. The women and children also rejoiced, and the joy of Jerusalem was heard far away. I did think a little bit about. When we uh, consecrated this building, when we first built this building, it's been quite a journey <clears throat> for the 23 years Tracy and I have been, uh, had the privilege to lead the charge in the 33 years that we've served here, uh, the, the work that God is doing. In fact, as we were in worship, I just put my arm around Tracy and, and I, I prayed a prayer that I don't think we've ever prayed before, but I just said, Lord, for whatever reason you've chosen to give us this office to steward the office of the um, primary under-shepherd to the Lord Jesus Christ in plurality and partnership with elders and, and staff. But that's, that's the office God's given us to steward. And, and I just prayed, Lord, we, you've given us this office to steward. We take the full weight of this office and release everything God wants to be released in the hearts of this church family. Will you receive that over your own life? I just feel there's something to come out of the office. that is it's really important for us to understand as we learn to walk this out. The office of uh, father, the office of mother, the office or institution of marriage where those two become one. You understand, taking the office that's been entrusted to your care There's an authority that you have that you need to learn to walk in and declare over your children, over your children's children. This is about your life. This is about your legacy. This is about the love of Christ transforming everything well beyond your existence for the century of life that you're entrusted to while you're walking on this planet. But we have to have our hearts surrendered to the Lord in that process. And so this the title of this consecration celebration, that's not necessarily two words that you would commonly see or think of uh, to go together. But to be consecrated means to be set apart, first and foremost, for service and worship to God. First and foremost, to service and worship to the Lord. And so what we have to understand, consecration, this is about holiness, this is about the work of God, the temple... Uh, that is a holy place. How many of you know the temple is a holy place? So we talked a little bit about the the wars, holy wars that are taking place in the world today, and the uh, you need to hear that if you've not heard, if you weren't here for that. But the 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 battle in Abraham's homeland in Israel is born from the battle in Abraham's home, and so the reason this is such an important piece of real estate that's one eighth the size of Oklahoma. Is because the temple is a holy place. There's this holy expression. And, and, and I understand the dispensations that we're in. Those of you that might want to discuss theologically where I'm going with this and, and, and have some question about this. But the bottom line, this is the place where Jesus is going to come back and stand on the Mount of Olives and set up shop once again and a place where he will rule and reign. This is an important place. And the reason I'm bringing this up in the Old Testament is such an important Uh, space to consecrate the temple of the lord and we see this throughout the old testament we understand fully now that we've come to know christ jesus has come there's been a transition that's taken place jesus didn't come to do away with the law he came to fulfill it for us to understand it in greater measure raise your hand if you're the temple of the holy spirit (laughs) no you're not no you're not you are the temple yes you are 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 to 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. It's so important that we understand we're called to glorify God in our bodies. We're, we're called to glorify God with our behaviors we are called to glorify god with our attitude i I had to apologize to tracy yesterday we're we're doing some things around the house and and i know some people are haters on those who put up christmas so i won't mention what we were doing but (coughs) it's a little early and (laughs) we have very divided eldership on this issue by the way Derek wilson not to mention who's But but we're doing so, and Tracy's like, we've got to move this if we're going to put that there. We've got to move that. We're going to put that there. And 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 I'm just like, I heard there was a game that was going to be going on, and I wanted to be watching it. (laughs) Not no need to mention. But I'm I'm just like, let's get you know, let's just get stuff situated. And I literally said, and then realized how stupid it sounded. I don't want to have a big meeting about planning out where everything's going to go. I just want to move it. (laughs) It's like. Oh really like where are you gonna move it if you don't know where it's gonna be moved to I mean I just oh as soon as I said it I was like and and she was so gracious and patient I don't even understand how she deals with me the way she does and like she was nice and later I came to her I said I'm sorry I understand that you know I was like a total moron in there and and thanks for loving me through it sometimes you just need to say I'm sorry and, uh, and I tried to be gracious and patient, and I said the phrase we're going to hear a lot over the course of the next year, hurry is an enemy to love. Let's all say that together. Hurry is an enemy to love. You know the first thing the Bible says love is, is patient. And I was kind of in a hurry, and hurry is an enemy to love. And we live in a world where we've got to break the spirit of hurry We're going to do that together as a family over the course of this next year in a powerful way, very challenging way. The Lord grant us wisdom as we walk it out. Uh, But it's a journey. I don't care how mature you grow in your relationship with the Lord, you're still going to blow it. Would you agree? Still going to make mistakes. So, this whole call to holiness that we're called to be holy even as I am holy, God says, this is not a destination. The call to holiness is a journey, not a destination. It's a journey, not an accomplishment. The kingdom characteristics are not things that you accomplish and then you say, oh, I'm done, I've accomplished that, now what's the next grade I go to? No, you learn that on every level of life. Humility is not something you accomplish. You learn it on a deeper level, in a deeper place, as you keep walking with the Lord. God's plan all along is for us to be consecrated, cleansed, and glad in his presence. For in his presence is fullness of joy. And that's what's being revealed in the consecration celebration. God's done a great work. We're celebrating the faithfulness of God. We want to align ourselves with God. We want to honor Him with our, the resource of our lives. I want to honor God with my attitude. Can I get an amen? I want to honor God with my schedule, my time. Can I get an amen? I want to honor God with my money. Can I get $20? No, I'm just kidding. Everything about our resource, the resource of our existence, should be brought into surrender to the Lord. This is consecration celebration. We start to celebrate and find this place of gladness when we experience what it means to be cleansed. We need to understand something. The world in which you and I live in is not clean and is not glad. The world we live in is not clean, and the world we live in is not glad. But God can make you clean, and God can make you glad. Isn't that amazing news? This is consecration before the Lord where there begins to be celebration, being awakened. How many of you just are so thankful for the, the, the cleaning that takes place deep within our soul when we come to the place of honoring the Lord Jesus Christ. Just can I get that loud, family-wide, amen, Jesus is Lord. (laughs) This is the thing we need to understand. God can make you clean. God can make you glad. very important, you hear me say. But repentance is required. Repentance is required. Is required. You know, part of what we're looking at in this study of the book of Nehemiah, where God was using God's people to restore God's work in these ancient days, is that God wants to today use God's people to restore God's work in modern times. Do you understand? That's who we are, that's what we're doing here. You didn't just show up to get your church on so you could go on with real life. Real life is actually eternal life, and there are purposes beyond the temporal realm that we tend to be absorbed by, and we need to start to focus in on something that's actually more than just the life of this world. God is wanting to redeem and restore the work of God in the earth in which you and I live. So I want to address a really badly broken down wall that exists in the Western world theology that we are a part of, and we have to recognize it. Probably the best way I can say it is Grace is a safety net, not a trampoline. I thank God for His grace. But you and I actually live in a day where this dangerous theology exists that allows Jesus to be Savior without having to be Lord in our lives. Let me back up just one more time. Make sure you understand the building block and foundation upon what we're building. We're not talking about a destination of arrival. We're talking about a journey. But if you're still rehearsing the same old sin that you've been rehearsing for all those years and you've never grown or matured to step into a place of more than conquering and growing more into the image of Christ, then you've been circling the same mountain, maybe celebrating grace, maybe even showing up saying, I'm just so thankful for the grace of God and we just rejoice and sing songs about the grace of God. But if you're not changing your ways, if you're not repenting of the sin... Then to rejoice in the grace without repenting of the sin doesn't equate to biblical theology. Yeah. I'm not saying that you need to, you know, get it all figured out, and, and I'm not trying to endorse any idea of legalism, but I'm telling you, you should be maturing and growing and being less unchrist like this year than you were last year. If you're just going home sleeping with your girlfriend sleeping with your boyfriend coming in here celebrating grace and not confessing your sin you're not repenting of that sin you're endorsing it and embracing it here's the problem whenever we're constantly you know looking at what's going on in our lives and and and, and we we recognize and understand it's a process it's a journey but very key that you recognize struggling with sin in and of itself is something let's just let's just Let's just ask this question. How many of you here, just make sure we all understand, how many of you here struggle with sin? Just raise your hand if you struggle with sin. Okay, that's everyone, because if you didn't raise your hand, you just lied, and so you're struggling with lying. I mean, we've got issues that we have to contend with in all of our lives. I'm not trying to, to you know, paint any picture other than this realistic disposition of what it is to be a part of fallen humanity. But we serve a risen king that should be walking us out of that fallen disposition more and more and more as we walk with the Lord our God. Come on, let's declare that and agree that over all of our lives. It's religious ruins when we don't understand consecration. But when we do understand consecration, at least a great celebration. Because in the presence of the Lord is is the fullness of joy but you can't come into the presence of the Lord unless you experience the holiness of God and you can only experience the holiness of God through the Lord Jesus Christ he became sin so that you, he who knew no sin became sin so that you and I might become the righteousness of God walk boldly confidently into the presence of the Lord and we say God you are our father will you deal with these deep areas and issues that exist within my life he begins to peel back layers of what's going on within you and reach into deeper places than you even knew existed he's trying to take you to a place of un- understanding the christ likeness he desires for you to explore and experience not so you can be religious but so you can be broken and powerful in the hands of god almighty it's all a two-edged sword it's not the pursuit of powerful it's the pursuit of vulnerable and when you become vulnerable then you become powerful And God wants you to be powerful where we're reflecting and releasing something of His presence in the way we live our lives everywhere we go. We really do bring God's presence to real life. But we have to be broken and vulnerable to experience what that kind of powerful disposition is. That's why the Bible actually says, Confess your faults one to another, pray for each other, so you'll be healed. If you're not getting vulnerable with anybody about your struggle... If you're contending with pornography and you think you're going to conquer that by yourself, you're deceived. Well, that didn't go very well. (laughs) There are people under the sound of my voice who can't seem to get free from this entangling bondage and sin. And it's not alone. There are other issues in other areas. But you've got to find somebody you can trust and you can bear your soul and say, look, here's my struggle. Whatever your struggle is. I know some struggles are are too hot. Some struggles are too cold. But boy, there's some struggles just like Goldilocks. It's just right for you. And the enemy knows what that is. And it doesn't matter what it is. There's no sin that's different from another This is about just you being entangled and distracted away from what it means to live in the very presence of God Almighty. Dangerous theology exists where we celebrate grace and we never repent. He can be our Savior, we won't make him our Lord. It's broken down walls. And when we do that, when we celebrate grace and we refuse to repent in obedience to God's word, we deceive ourselves. You don't even need a devil if you're deceiving yourself you understand? You're doing His work. James chapter 1 verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Don't just hear it and amen it. Do it. I, I One of our Network pastors spoke on repentance being the foundation for God's kingdom. The key that unlocks God's kingdom in our hearts and in our homes and in our world. Very resembling revelation out of this. And, and he said that at the end of his service, imagine this, service is over. And, and a young lady walks up and then a, a two more young ladies walk up. And they're kind of the boyfriends lingering behind. These three couples are standing there. And one of them says... Uh, we're living in sin, and and we want to admit that that's sexual sin. It's what you're saying is right, and we know it's wrong. Something in us has always been broken over this, and we want to make it right. Could you just marry us right now? The other two couples said, that's why we're here. Can we get married too? And right there on the spot on that Sunday morning, he stopped the whole church from leaving, and they were all the witnesses, and three couples gave, gave their life to Christ, surrendered the kingdom, and they were actually married in that moment. I know, it's, it's a little hard to celebrate that because there's this inner turmoil. It's like, really? did the, the marriage right there? Like, what about the family? And I, I know, I, me too. He and I had that conversation, he, and he asked me, would you have done that? Like, would you have done that on the spot? And I was like, man, don't ask me hard questions. You just go pastor. <laughs> Acts chapter 3, verse 19. It's beautiful. Repentance brings refreshing. That's what I want you to get out of this. Repent, turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? We think God is like trying to shut us down and keep us from all the fun the world gets to have. He's actually trying to break us free into the greatest reality of what His experiencing His presence is all about. It is through repentance that we are refreshed and cleansed before the Lord. Repentance brings refreshing. In all my years of meeting with people, counseling with people, ministering to people, I have never one time had a single conversation with somebody who said, Oh man, I miss my sin. It was so refreshing. It never happened. That was just, I mean, those were the days. But I've had countless conversations with people who say, it is so good to be free. I'm so glad I repented of such a destructive lifestyle that was holding me back and keeping me from becoming everything God had called me to, to become. I'm so thankful to be free from those destructive behaviors. Aren't you glad Jesus came to liberate every single one of us into places of phenomenal freedom from all that kind of bondage? This cleansing of the soul begins to happen when we respond to him. It's very common for people who suffer uh, sexual abuse, the trauma of sexual abuse, to say in conversation with them, the first thing I did was I took a shower. The reason they're doing that is because they feel so unclean. And the deeper desire to cleanse the soul Shows up in the effort to cleanse the body. But it never goes deep enough. Only Jesus can do that. There are these deeper issues that are going on. I'm not here just to preach you a message. I'm, I'm trying to listen to what the Lord is saying. And I, I feel there's some of you right now that you know. God is dealing with you on some areas of your life, and you're hoping that you can just bob and weave. Leave that alone. Let's, let's not talk about that. It's easy to do that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the, um, I'm the tigger in the bunch. Uh, usually whatever room I'm in, I'm the high. You know, hey, high five everybody, and you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and I just know in my own life, trying to be the life of the party before I knew the Lord. I was just self-medicating the damage in my soul. I didn't know how to relax and be authentic because there was so much pain that existed within me. And some of y'all have been self-medicating. You can become the master of bobbing and weaving all you want to. But until you allow God to deal with what's in your heart, you'll never find rest for your weariness and you'll never find healing for your brokenness. And I believe God wants to give rest to the weary and healing to the broken even this morning as we're gathered together. I'm speaking to you online as well right into your homes. That God would just awaken something in all of our hearts to understand the love and the life of Christ. Something tender about what God is doing in this moment. I'm going to ask the worship team to go ahead and come back up. I'm not finished. I'm just going to ask for some support as we walk this out a little bit. Your action point this week, you know, we do love celebrating God's presence and the core uh, expression of who we are as a church family. If someone ever asks you, what's Destiny Christian Center all about? You can simply say, we bring God's presence to real life. That's the whole focal point. So every week we want to celebrate the word and then declare an action. It's GP2RL, action point of the week. God's presence to real life. That's the whole idea. We want to constantly give people something to walk out. This week, I want to ask you to take some time before the Lord. Like, truly, purpose some time. Put it on your schedule. Do whatever you have to do. Take it early. Take an afternoon, whatever. Take some time with the Lord. And ask Him, what one area does God want to take complete charge of within my heart? I would ask you to pray for yourself in this regard. I would ask you to pray for me. Pray for our leaders. Any area in our lives that's not truly submitted to him can create a catastrophic train wreck down the road. Let's pray for each other in this regard. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us. If you've never given your sin to Jesus, he wants you to do that today. To experience this deep sense of cleansing. A lot of people in our broken society, they're angry, they're bitter, they're fearful, they're self-medicating, they're self-promoting, they're self-destructing, all because of the condition of their soul. They just can't seem to get their soul clean, so all kinds of reactions take place. But Jesus can get your soul clean, and he'd love to do that for you today. Jesus Christ is God. Jesus Christ is God. He's the center of history. He's the savior of humanity. I say it again Jesus Christ is God. He became a human to live a life none of us could live, a life that was completely pure without sin. And He died a death every one of us deserved. Bible says the wages of sin is death since he did not sin he did not deserve to die but he chose to die so that the injustice of the ultimate terrorist in this world Lucifer could be dealt with and you and I could be rescued out of enmity where we were literal enemies of God because of sin we then are welcomed and invited in to be sons and daughters of God. That in and of itself is just a beautiful reality of a loving God. I can deal with enemies. Just keep them at bay. I just won't hate on them so much. To adopt them as my family is like some of y'all thinking of people right now, I would not want that. Like that's the love we're talking about. Where God is trying to bring us into this deeper place. He became unclean so you and I might be clean. He died so you and I might live. He became unrighteousness so that you and I might become righteous. He who knew no sin, 2 Corinthians five twenty-one, became sin so that you and I could become, not good, not righteous alone, the righteousness of God himself is this mind-blowing to anybody I mean have you heard this so much that you've just become inoculated to it did you hear what I just said like God himself died so we could live God himself became sin so we could become God's righteousness Wow! I want to grow in that revelation don't you and as I grow in that revelation I grow in the understanding of consecration and that consecration then produces celebration because I'm more fully in the presence of God as my way of life, less things hindering me, more things being taking me into that deeper place of surrender to Him, and in the presence of the Lord, his fullness of joy, there's a, there are new levels of fullness of joy that you're going to begin to experience as you surrender this to Him. Come on, let's stand together. Is there something you need to repent from in your life today? Is there something you need to repent for or from in your life today? Just close your eyes. Encounter his presence. I'm not trying to preach a message to bring a convincing argument. We must have the conviction of the Holy Spirit to become who he's called us to become. So any area in your life, you need to surrender that to him. It's not been surrendered. You know God is dealing with you. Then just lift both your hands and we just surrender those places in our hearts, in our lives, in our emotions, in our way of thinking. In the activities behaviors whatever it may look like however it shows up jesus came saying repent for the kingdom of god is at hand he didn't come and say believe me and you have all this grace and, and you just make it into a trampoline he said repent turn away from the things you know are wrong and see the grace of god flood into those spaces of your life that the bible actually says the grace of god teaches us to say no to ungodliness that's the purpose of grace one of the many purposes so cleanse us Lord on the deepest level we pray we acknowledge we can't do this on our own Jesus came he lived, he died but he's risen from the grave that we might have life we acknowledge Jesus is who he says he is the savior of the world, we need the loving, saving, gracious nature of God within us to go from death to life, to walk in a steady place of repentance, unlocking God's kingdom in greater measure, filled with the fullness of God, consistently overflowing in Jesus' mighty name. Come on. If your declaration is that Jesus is Lord of your life today, would you give him a hand clap of praise? Let's celebrate. Come on, everything that we are, we want to surrender to the love and the life and the cross of Christ in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's just take a few moments and just take what the Lord's stirring in your heart. Let's bring it back to Him. It's beautiful to receive. Have you received something from the Lord today? then let's take what we've received and let's give it back to him in worship just for these moments it's our typical weekly custom to give back to the Lord this is a great time there's communion in the center when we step into this there are giving stations in the back it's a great place to worship with your giving or with communion or if you've got aught with somebody in the room it'd be a great time for you to go over and just say would you forgive me I've been holding this you hear what I'm saying? like this is real stuff So let's just press in and worship. I'm going to ask if our prayer teams will come. If there's anything that we can pray with you about. You say, I I need somebody to pray the prayer of agreement with me in this area of my life. And and we understand what it is to be uh, confidential and not talk about what you ask us to pray about. We're happy to take that moment with you any way we possibly can. Come on, let's press in. Let's just declare our voices will be heard as a declaration of the kingdom of God.